a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to Starlight Beacon, a Star Wars High Republic podcast. As always, this is Gary, and I'm joined by Brian. What's going on, Brian? Not much. Just ready to talk Star Wars and uh, and and talk buckets of blood. Yeah, we finally got some buckets of blood action, and we're going to talk about that today because we're talking about IDW High Republic Adventures issue two. Um, which was released at the beginning of March, but we're getting to it now because we felt like the Marvel comic and IDW comics, um, we want to dedicate enough time to each of them. But we'll get to that. First of all, what's going on in your life as it, re- in, as it pertains to Star Wars? Well, uh, other than, again, my son is currently playing Jedi Fallen Order in the other room. Oh, actually, we had a friend give us a bunch of uh, like their, their son's clothes they grew out of, you know, hand-me-down clothes. Yeah, And uh, we were going through those, first of all, several cool Star Wars shirts for my son, which he was really excited about. But a, a Stormtrooper costume and a Darth Vader costume in there. Nice. So my son has been running around in a full Stormtrooper costume uh, with a Nerf Stormtrooper gun all all day this morning. And, and now he is sitting down to play Jedi Fallen Order. So That sounds great. Um, I've been reading Shadowfall. I've been, well, not reading. I'm listening, actually listening to it on Audible. Um, I'm behind on my Alphabet Squadron books. I, I apologize, everybody. Um, but I've been listening to Shadowfall, and I'm uh, about a couple hours into it. It's very long. It's like a 15-hour audiobook. Um, but I really like it so far. You like you read Shadowfall, right? I did. And as soon as I finish the book I'm reading that is not Star Wars related, I'm jumping on Victory's Price. Because I've really, really loved the Alphabet Squadron series. And uh, I, I want more of it. I definitely want to dive into that last book and see what happens to Eureka and, and, and the others. Yeah, I probably jump right into uh, Victory's Price right after this, too. I'm debating. Do I, I want to read that? Or the only other Star Wars new canon book I haven't read is Phasma. So I might read Phasma. Have you read the Phasma book? That is one that I have not read. Maybe we'll read that together as a fun little book club aside. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it offline and let you guys know. But yeah, I've been reading, uh, listening to Shadowfall, and it's just getting hyped for Bad Batch. Bad Batch is about a month away, May fourth. I cannot wait. New Star Wars content um, on a weekly basis. I am very, very excited for that. I'm hoping we get another trailer pretty soon. Um, maybe some merchandise coming out. I'm just going to be fully invested in Bad Batch. Oh, and with, not related to Bad Batch, but you made me remember. That one thing that did happen this week that I was very excited about Star Wars related is I got my Dr. Afro omnibus, which I did sort of a live kind of look at it on uh, our, our Instagram. Uh, but it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it was wonderful to put it on the shelf right next to the uh, Star the Jason Aaron Star Wars and the Kieran Gillen Darth Vader omnib- omnibu uh, on, on the shelf. Uh, it's it's uh, nice to have it there, so I'm excited. Excellent. Um, that reminds me, I also did one other thing Star Wars this week. I pre-ordered a Black Series action figure. I pre-ordered the Jackson Black Series action figure. I've always been a big fan of Jackson. Do you know Jackson, Giant Rabbit? We've we've had this conversation before, so you you uh, filled me in on Jackson a little bit. Yeah, Jackson it first appeared in the uh, Marvel Star Wars run from the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and now they've made him canon in the Star Wars Adventures comic books. So they finally have a Jackson Black Series action figure. I pre-ordered that, and I just I just can't wait. That's just a dream come true for me. 
I have something that's sort of similar coming today, but I can't talk about it yet because little ears might hear. So I will have to uh, share on our next podcast what's coming today. I don't even know what you're talking about, so I'm very excited to hear this. Very excited. Mine it to me. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll go over well on a podcast. Send me Morse code. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I, I, ah. I might be currently, like, launching nuclear weapons. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't know Morse code. So since our last uh, episode, some big Star Wars book news. Um, jump through a couple couple uh, updates. First of all, for High Republic, we uh, we had a book coming out in, I think it was end of May or June, the manga book, Edge of Balance. That has been delayed until September 7th. So Edge of Balance is now delayed until sub- September 7th. Bummer, because that's one of the titles I was looking forward to the most. Um, never read a lot of manga, but I was interested in that one. Um, seemed like a cool, cool book, but have to wait a couple more months for that. I also think that's around the same time our uh, Tales of Life Day. It might even be the same day Tales of Life Day comes out, September 7th. I can open up my my list here because I have a an Amazon list of 2021 must-buy books. <laughs> and I can look and see. Okay, September, 7th, September 7th is the day that the Life Day Treasury comes out. Oh, so we're getting Edge of Balance and Life Day Treasury the same day. Oh, man, it's like early, early Christmas. Yes, there there are there's just so much stuff coming out, man. It's awesome stuff. Um, I think right before that in August we get the first volume of the High Republic trade paperback, the Marvel one, and then in November we get the IDW volume one. We also get something you're going to talk about here in a little bit. I'll, I'll hold off on that, and we get Queen's Hope in November. Just so so many good things. Not getting a Mandalorian book in November, as we discussed last time. True. I'm still not convinced we're getting a Mandalorian season three this year, but that's a different topic. Yeah, I don't think we will. I think we'll get we'll get that season of uh, the the book of Boba Fett. Correct. Yeah, I don't think we'll get that other another season. Yeah, I think Mandalorian will be next year. Yeah. Um, but also coming in the fall. As you just alluded to, we got announced just this week, Star Wars Visions Ronin by Emma Mieko Kandon. That's coming out October 12th. Um, the Star Wars Visions was announced uh, last last fall or winter when they did the kind of uh, investors call and said, hey, here's all this Star Wars comment, content coming your way. And Visions was described as an animated series that's taking some uh, influence from anime, from some new creators might be an anthology series that's really all we know we didn't really even know a release date so this book coming out october 12th first of all makes me believe that we're going to get that show this year do you think that's probably going to happen yeah i think that's definitely going to happen and then the fact that we're getting a spin-off full-length i believe adult novel um to tie into that that show uh that's really really exciting so that that Seems like, hey, we've got something really cool on our hands with this. We want to flesh this out. And whatever this story is, um, we're going to flesh it out a little bit more in, in the literature world, which is cool. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, too, is, you know, whenever the, there's an announcement like this, everyone starts speculating, what is this? What could this be? Whatever. And, like, the word Ronin has, like, this specific weight to it, right? Because it's, it's related to samurai, vagrant, masterless samurai warriors. But somebody in one of our groups uh, popped up the Wikipedia, the, the Wikipedia article on Ronin, and it says, uh, in Melito culture, a Ronin was a male warrior who had survived the defeat of his Myrmatrix, thus becoming a hiveless outcast. The Ronin Sarko Plank ended up working as a bounty hunter, jungle guide, and tomb raider on Devaron. And then Melito Ronin first appeared in Jason Fry's junior novel, The Weapon of a Jedi, a Luke Skywalker adventure, in the person of Sarko Plank. So we have seen, oh, and the term itself was coined in Star Wars Aliens of the Galaxy, also written by Fry. So we have seen Ronan in canon. So how will this apply to Visions? How, and, and what, will, we, will it be more Starko Plank or will it be a new Ronan that will be following? What's that character's name again? A, a Starko Plank, that's the name, yes? 
Sarko. Sarko Plank, yes. So funny about that book, Weapon of the Jedi. I, that's the book I was reading in the hospital when uh, my wife was in labor. Weapon of the Jedi. So that will always have that little memory for me when she was sleeping a little bit or resting and I had some time. I was reading that book. Um, this was the first, the last Star Wars book I read before my daughter was born was Weapon of the Jedi. So that character stuck out to me and I believe was a character that was like one of those background characters in Force Awakens. Um, cause that was like one of those lead up to force awakens books. So exciting. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to tie into the visions book or if they're using Ronan in a different, um, different, uh, meaning, or do you think that this could possibly tie to high Republic? I wonder if the vision series is going to have any high Republic ties. We will, we will see, but I'll never say no to a surprise star Wars book. We lost Mandalorian, but we got visions. So, uh, pretty happy about that. And also, it should be no noted that that's why you named your daughter Sarko Plank. I did, yes. Yes, my daughter's name is Sarko Plank Mastriano. It's, uh, we call her Sorry for short. When she's in trouble, I call her Plank, Planky. <laughs> but uh, Weapon of the Jedi was not a book I liked very much, by the way, in case anyone's ever read it or hasn't read it. Did you ever read Weapon of the Jedi? I did. I thought it was okay. It was just a, you know, it's a middle grade book. It's just a quick, you know, had a little bit to it, but not a, not a ton of new stuff. It was a, it was like a, a vignette. <laughs> they had, um, they put out those three books. It was Weapon of the Jedi, Smuggler's Run, I think was the Han Solo one. And I now for the life of me, can't remember the name of the Princess Leia book. Also, I can't remember anything that happened in the Princess Leia book. But um, I really liked Smuggler's Run. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one I, I thought was the best. They also put out uh, Before the Awakening, kind of in that same type of series that follows like Finn, Poe, and Ray. But I actually haven't read that one yet. Did you read that one? I did. And I would say that the, <laughs> the most interesting part of that one was the Finn story to me. Because it's kind of Finn when he's training to be a stormtrooper. And he's kind of... He's kind of BA. He's kind of kind of a tough, like a well-trained, like well, like good fighter, excels at stuff. It's interesting. Yeah, I'll, uh, that's on my list to read. Um, I also picked up recently the, oh, now I don't remember. Story, is it Stories of the Clone Wars? Is that the name of that Clone Wars anthology that just came out recently? I think so. I don't have that one. And I think technically it's canon, but I don't have it in my canon. You know, I've got like a checklist of all the canon books that I'm working through. I think it's just, uh, from what I understand, I haven't read it yet. It is, oh yeah, Stories of the Clone Wars, Light and, or the Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark is the actual name of the book. It was on sale on Kindle, and uh, that's why I got it. It was like five bucks, so I picked it up. Um, it's just retellings of episodes of the Clone Wars, but I, I, I'll give it a read. Yeah, I always like having... Uh, I, it's, it's kind of a way to, uh, you know, wring water from a stone in a way. But I always am like, what's this? You've taken an episode of Clone Wars and putting it in word form, and I can put it on my bookshelf? I must have it. What's this? You've, you've, you've made something into a, uh, uh, an audio book that's an audio drama, and it's only available on audio drama? Well, I must buy it from Oh, now you've released the script book. I must buy it. On the script book. Oh, what's this? It's actually just an adaptation of the comic. <laughs> well, I should buy the comic too. <laughs> uh, yes, that's what that, we talked about. That I think last time, Doctor Afrolith. Uh, it's it's very an, an Inception style book. It's like a book of a book of a book of a comic of an audio book of a. It's wild. Um, but yeah. Anyway, and also more Clone Wars. Anything Clone Wars related, give me more because uh, I don't know if I've been on record saying this on our show. But I think the Clone Wars as a whole is the strongest Star Wars storytelling that's ever existed. I love Clone Wars. Clone Wars is very good. And Rebels is very good. I mean, they, they, they do good work on those comics, I think, or on those cartoons. Yeah, I think that Filoni guy is going to work out okay. <laughs> we'll give him a chance. We'll see. I think he'll be all right. Um, in other publishing news, uh, pretty excited about this. Free Comic Book Day is August 12th this year. And there will be an exclusive issue of High Republic Adventures by IDW. So that's really neat. Free Comic Book Day, for anyone who doesn't know, um, is kind of a, a support your local comic shop type of day that's run uh, every year.
where there's some free giveaways of, of some major publishers. There's usually like a Marvel book, a DC book. Um, I've gotten like Ninja Turtles books, Spider-Man books. Star Wars is represented a lot um, with the thought of, I'm going to come in and get these free comics. Hey, maybe I'm going to build a relationship with this comic store. Maybe I'm going to buy some other stuff while I'm here. Um, it just gets some traffic into the into our local comic shop. So really awesome and excited that High Republic Adventures is going to have a free comic book day book. I always participate in free comic book day and make sure I spend money at the comic book store that I'm at. But, uh, you know, this is even more reason for me to get into the shop this year to get that High Republic book, which we will cover on an episode, I'm sure. Absolutely. I, I know I'll be picking up my copy. wonder if that's going to be included in the omnibus. The, the trade paperback, you mean? Yeah. Uh, so far, all it says is is specific issue numbers, and usually the free comic book day issue gets called free comic book day issue, so it's not listed in there. No. Sometimes what they do is they release part of an issue that's already out. Um, we won't know for sure until we actually get it, you know, because they usually keep it kind of secret what's in it. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, especially with a series like this, that's so um, intertwined, like free comic book day. Like if you get a Spider-Man book, it's usually like a standalone Spider-Man story that is not really necessary for the canon of overall what's, whatever's going on in Spider-Man that year. But for this, like I, I, I'm sure they could do a standalone High Republic adventure story, but we'll get to it in a few minutes. But where this story is going and how, how deep the lore is, is building in High Republic, I'm not sure if it's going to be a standalone story. To your point, maybe it might be some, some pages from a pre-existing book. We'll see. Yeah, and I, I don't the, the, I don't know if you saw this. I'm just muttering here. I don't know if you saw this, but um, and I'm trying to remember who it was that says it. I think it might have been, I think it might have been Charles Soul or Kavan Scott or something like that. But somebody recently was on the record as saying that with all the High Republic stuff that's already out, that we are still like in the soft launch of High Republic. Yes, that was Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott. I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with like what the term soft launch means, it's usually related to retail or restaurants and that kind of stuff. But it's basically like we're just like testing the waters right now. We're getting some practice before we get to the real deal. And so it, it, essentially that's indicative that we have a we knew there was three sort of phases of High Republic. But, you know, I, we didn't know how quickly those phases were going to come. And this really sort of is indicative that we got a lot more stuff on our on the way it's indicative that you and i are going to be doing this forever forever <laughs> i hope i hope brian doesn't mind his sunday afternoons hanging out with me because sounds like we're gonna be doing this for at least the next maybe two decades i'm gonna guess two decades of high republic content i will happily talk about high republic for a couple of decades um, and then the last bit of publishing news, uh, our next big Star Wars book coming out is the Thrawn Ascendancy Book 2, Greater Good, which drops, uh, it was originally scheduled for May 4th, but I think they actually moved that up a week to April April 29th or April 30th. Um, excited for that. It's the red cover with the red tinged pages, and I hope they do that for all of the Thrawn books, because the, the first one, Chaos Rising, of course, had the blue edge pages. This one, I believe, has red edge pages. Uh, a couple special editions coming out on that. Um, stateside, we have Barnes & Noble is doing uh, a special edition that just has a mini poster. believe they did the same thing for Chaos Rising. Uh, WinterRiverBooks.com has a signed copy of the book, signed by Timothy Zahn, um, beloved Star Wars author, so pretty cool if you want his autograph. He's definitely an author whose autograph I'd want. Um, and then... Uh, what is it? Gold Books US UK. Uh, Gold Gold Books UK. Is that the name of it? I think it's Goldsboro Books, and Gold's it's in Burrow the UK. Books. Let me let me uh, try and get back to where I sent you the text about it real quick. Goldsborobooks.com. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you'll just have to search for it on that website. But yeah, Star Wars Throne Ascendancy, Greater Good, Signed and Sprayed Edge Edition. Does that mean that the other ones aren't going to have sprayed edges? I don't know. So this one's a UK edition. So maybe the sprayed edges is US edition. And this sure. is the only place to get the sprayed edges for the UK edition. I remember I when Chaos sure. Rising came out, it was like uh, 
the just the first pressing is all going to have the sprayed edges. Yeah, I mean, and that could be that could be the case. I I got Chaos Rising a lot later than most people, but I still was able to get sprayed edges. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. They should do that with a lot more books because I like that. That's neat. And when I was reading it, my wife's like, "Why is that book blue?" I'm like, "Oh, because let me tell you about Thrawn." And she's like, "I gotta go to bed." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, you don't want to know about Thrawn? He's coming to TV soon. Don't worry, you'll see him. Hopefully, it won't be Robert Downey Jr. because that would not work for me." But anyway, I, I would probably immediately be like, "It's blue, da ba dee da ba <laughs> It's a great song, by the way. And then my wife would smother me with a pillow. Oh, man. And then I'd have to find a new co-host. They're hard to find. <laughs> Maybe your wife. Maybe your wife wants to do the show with me. She wouldn't appreciate She wouldn't appreciate the way I do. I, I know that. Also, she might be in jail because you just said if you got some other with a pillow, it would be her who did it. I mean, if they, if they knew me, they'd be like, listen, we understand, lady. <laughs> wait, wait, was he telling you about Thrawn? Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like that meme. You seen that meme with the couple like laying in bed and he's like, I bet the girl's like, I bet he's thinking about other women, right? It'd be that, but it'd be the guy saying, Man, Thrawn is cool, and like things about Thrawn. That's my situation. That's absolutely the situation. The other thing is, just from uh Starlight Beacon news, Brian has been crushing it on the Instagram, sharing some of his uh personal Star Wars collection, showing off some of the toys at his office, showing off some of his uh book collection. Gary, on the other hand, has not been doing that, but I probably will because I have a lot of stuff. Even in my office, I sent Brian some pictures. I have a little Rio Durant who sits right on my keyboard. Um, he's pretty cool. You know, my last, this is a quick aside, my last um, job, I had an office and it was right near the entrance of the building and there was 1,300 employees that were there. Um, and outside, I had a little shelf and on that little shelf was like, uh, I don't even know why that shelf was there. It was just decoration, I guess. But I put a little Chewbacca Funko figure, a little tiny one, one of the like the mystery ones that you get, the mystery blind packs. Um, it was a Chewbacca. And I put him there, and he sat there for two years. And would you believe it? No one ever touched him. Never. He never moved. That's awesome. I, I was very surprised because I'm like, oh, definitely someone's going to steal this or definitely someone's going to move him around. But he never moved. And my office had like a camera. Like there was a camera in the lobby so I could see if someone had moved him. Then he never moved. And that, I was really proud of that. I don't That's a random story. But at work, I have Star Wars toys. Also, a story that I just thought of, going back to Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day a couple years ago. Maybe I'm thinking like eight or nine years ago. I was out for a run. And I ran by the local comic book shop, not remembering that it was Free Comic Book Day. I don't know why that slipped my mind. But I stopped off and I'm like, oh, free comic book day. And then the 501st was there. You know the 501st, right? I do know the 501st. So the Jersey chapter of the 501st was there. And uh, I took my pictures with Vader and, and a, some stormtroopers. And then I signed up to join the 501st. I'm like, yeah, let me, like, I've always wanted to do this. Like, how do I get in? Like, oh, here's our, our information. Here's what you got to do. So I actually signed up to join the 501st. And I, like, I, like, put together the costume I wanted. I was going to be an Imperial officer with a little little hat and all that in a, a, one of the black Imperial officer outfits. Then I just never got around to finishing it and, and actually doing anything with them. Well, that's something that needs to change today. It's going to change today. So today I'm going to join a roller derby team and I'm going to join the 501st or the 501st should be a roller derby team. I, I personally would love to see a roller derby team with people in stormtrooper gear and imperial officer gear and roller derby and Star Wars related roller derby names. Yeah. And then the, the jammer would be probably like Darth Vader, right? Well, I mean, you got to have a few jammers, but yeah, you could, you, you could have a Darth Maul, you could have a Kylo Ren. You could have... All the jammers should be Sith Lords, right? Because that would be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I have, a, I have like a pretty sweet Kylo Ren costume, so maybe I'll be a, the Kylo Ren jammer. You should do it. This I, is a strange concept we're talking about here, roller, uh, <laughs> Star Wars roller derby. But it, it's, it, it would be really cool. It would be. And I would say I've, I, like I've thought before about the 501st, especially now that they've been used like on screen in a Mandalorian. Mandalorian yeah. 
but uh, I, I, I would have to be, I'm a good guy. I would have to be, they have like the rebel legion or whatever. I forget mm-hmm. what it's actually called, but the, that where you're part of the rebellion or a Jedi. It's the I, rebel legion. You got it. Yep. I have strongly considered creating a uh, star Wars librarian costume. Um, and sort of being my own character, you can, you can do that where you have to dress like exactly like someone that's been on screen, or you can sort of create your own character in the world. And since there's only been one librarian on screen, um, I would create, and, and it was a w- woman and I'm not a woman, I would uh, create my own character. I'm sure the Rebel Alliance like had, had a librarian. Yeah, so they've got um, when you look up the like legit, like the specifics about the costume for you know a librarian, you get Jocasta New's outfit. But then they do have two if you want to be a librarian, but not Jocasta New. Here's how you can kind of create your own librarian co- costume. Uh, side note: We should probably talk about this offline, but we'll talk about it on the show. Starting a Star Wars role playing game, you want to join? Like. Well, I guess we'll need more information. Like, is this like a Dungeons and Dragons type? Yeah, scenario? yeah, yeah. Like a Dungeon. I play Dungeons and Dragons, and I play a couple different ongoing role playing games. So I was gonna start a Star Wars one. You want? You could be a, a librarian. Yeah, I might be interested in that. Okay. I, I in my video where I showed my stuff in my room. Uh, one of the things I showed was like the Star Wars dice for some Star Wars dice game, which I've never mm-hmm. played, um, and I don't even really know the name of it, but it's specific <laughs> Star Wars dice. Uh, I had a friend that was like, you got to order these dice and we're going to play while we're quarantined over like Zoom or something like that. So I was like, okay, I ordered the dice like as soon as we got off the chat and uh, we have never played the game. (laughs) Wow. But I'm coming up with a, I have a story in mind that I'm building and kind of homebrewing it a little bit. So I'll keep you posted. And if any listeners want to join, I probably shouldn't say this, but reach out and I will include you as well. 400 people later. Yeah, that'd be a huge, uh, huge role-playing game that I don't think I could DM 400 people, but here we go. Another 250 listeners. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about IDW issue number two, High Republic Adventures. Came out earlier this month. Um, We got some sweet, sweet Yoda action. Absolutely. And and just, are are we diving in? Can I, can I say it? Can I say what I want to say? Go for it. Jump in. Okay, so right off the bat, uh, like, you know, we leave off kind of in a cliffhanger at the end of issue one, where a bunch of these young, you know, Jedi students are, you know, basically face to face with a bunch of the Nile, and it's about to go down. And that's kind of where the issue ends, right? Yeah. yeah. And we, so we pick up right there. And basically, you know, they're telling, they're being told to surrender. And there's two great beats in this very first couple of pages because they're like, okay, so <laughs> what do we do? I'm going to zoom in here. Sorry. Uh, one, one of the characters says, uh, uh, let's see, Farzala Tarable. What, what do we do, Lula? And Lula Talisola says, we don't have a chance. <laughs> Lightsaber goes up. We fight. And it yeah. was like, yes, this is awesome. And it, it was pretty cool. And the Nile say, uh, Time to squash the tiny Jedi, and this is the best part leading up to what you were saying, is we get the quote, if looking for a tiny Jedi you are, uh, of assistance might I be. And it's Yoda, lightsaber drawn, and I'm like, that is, that is the way to go, man. This, you got the tiny Jedi line and Yoda's ready to kick some butt. And it is the most awesome start to an issue, maybe ever. Yeah, and then uh, standing right behind Yoda, who is Buckets of Blood, your dude, who speaks in the third person. He goes, Buckets of Blood has arrived on the scene. (laughs) He's pretty cool, too. And what's great about that, too, is he's so, especially being right behind Yoda, that sort of juxtaposition of his enormous size, giant, like, you know, clawed hand that he's got, you know, horns and all this kind of stuff. And he... (laughs) And like not very far into the fight, he's like, "I really hate this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a really fun character. And uh, the the next panel after the buckets of blood has arrived in the scene is what's the character's name? Farza Farzala um, goes buckets of what now? <laughs> like the little humor there is really fun. And that's what makes adventures so great 
it's what make, it's what distinguishes it, right? Is it's got that humor because yeah, as far as all it says, I buckets of what now, and and Lula says, I know, but you, yeah. <laughs> so that that little bit of humor, just a, just a beat, and it's and it just makes it fun. So we're on the planet uh, Trimont Four, and we're in Bralanak City, I believe is is where we are. Um, like you said, we left off last time. Lula and a group of young Padawans were kind of surrounded by the Nile. They had discovered Zine Morala, who was a native of the planet, and she discovered, like, hey, I am Force-sensitive all of a sudden, which is apparently pretty taboo in this city because uh, they, they kind of seem to be anti-Jedi. And her friend there, Crix, uh, Camerot, for some reason reminded me of, like... Um, Kirk Cameron. I don't know. Every time I read it, that's that's kind of how I read his name. Kirk Cameron, Kirk's Camerot, um, was like freaking out. Like, hey, you're not supposed to have, you know, force sensitive powers. You're, you know, obviously you lied to me. You're hiding this from me. So he was having some conflicting feelings about that. Lulu was trying to protect Zine um, and the Nile was closing in. So that's kind of where we left things. The first few pages of this issue, we get some sweet Jedi action where the, where Yoda, Bucks of Blood and the Padawans are fighting off the the Nile. But then, to my great surprise, I was not expecting this. We get Mark Hero just shows up on like page three or four. Like, hey, what's up, guys? I got to tell you, Brian, I was not expecting to see Mark Hero this early in a comic or even in this specific comic book. Yeah, me either. And since this is the first time that we've really seen him, and I, I, I'll say I, I don't know that, you know, we've seen a lot of the, uh, uh, what's it called? Like the art, the con concept art. Um, I don't know that I really paid attention to his concept art for some reason. Yeah. So jarring to see a representation of him. And I'm not sure it's exactly what I pictured, but I, I like it. I do too. Yeah. I expected him to be a little bit more suave. Maybe. I don't know. Like, like a little bit more dapper. I don't know why that's how I read him, but yeah, the, I like the, the look. He's got the eye of the Nile right on his helmet there. It looks like. Yeah. Which is the the main way that you know that it's him at first, because I don't think it even says his name for a little while. But uh, you know that this is uh, to your point. We haven't seen him yet, and I don't want to say that the IDW run is the lesser of the books. It just seems like they're putting a little bit more emphasis on the on the Marvel Marvel title. So when we saw him show up in issue two just hanging out on this planet. I'm like, wow, I did. I just did not expect that. And I was, it was a really nice surprise. Definitely. Whenever you think that something, it seems like every time with the high Republic stuff so far, when you think that there's something that's just going to be like a nice little, you know, you know, like a nice little treat. Right. But it's not going to be really like meaty. We're right. constantly proved wrong. Everything that they put out, has like weight and depth and story and 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 you can't if I mean if you really are interested in the High Republic you really need to be reading everything. Absolutely, yeah. To your to your point, I was expecting the Marvel line to have the bigger story implications to be really where the focus was, and this High uh, High Republic Adventures to just be the I don't want to use the word fluff, but just the fun. Like oh, we're just gonna follow some Jedi as they fight some Nile. It'll be fun to read. And then oh, there's Marky and Roe and. Uh, he's definitely has some business on this planet because he's interacting with what is this guy's name? Elder Tramarok or Tamarok. And uh, we don't really, I don't think it says what he's kind of in business with these guys, but he definitely needs something from them. Yeah. Yeah, we, we get into it a little bit further on, I think, where we kind of get some grasp of what. <laughs> they're looking for but it's still not totally clear i think by the end of the issue what what's happening and as i was reading this i thought a few things i thought okay we got marky and marky and row he's, he's just going to be here and show up um and then jumping ahead a little bit yoda gets onto his ship and i'm like yo are we gonna get yoda and marky and row like face to face in issue two of the high republic adventures because they are just throwing it all off the wall if that's the case it doesn't happen but it almost does. Yeah, and it's. It, I feel like this was seeing Yoda do something so much different. And that's one of the things I'm excited about with this High Republic Adventure series. I, I'm going to say I maybe was a little bit disappointed that Yoda was a part of High Republic. Not because I don't love Yoda 
And I know that he's super old, so I knew that he was you know, probably going to be around a lot. But one of the things that a lot of people were most excited about with Higher Public is that it's, it's different and it's not using all the same stuff we already have. So Yoda was like, okay, except for they're going to put like the greatest Jedi that ever lived back. Sure. Yes, I, <laughs> but, I thought the same way. But there's, but this is, this is Yoda you know, that we only get a glimpse of in like the attack was Attack of the Clones when he yeah. fights Dooku, and you know when we have him come as a general to when the clones are, are fighting. This is Yoda <laughs> in a role other than just old wise mentor this this is yoda kicking butt and taking names and that is actually really fun and they haven't established i think we talked about this earlier they haven't established his role in the jedi order yet is he the leader of the jedi i know he's a jedi i believe he's a jedi master at this point but they haven't established his role on the council i don't think well he's one of the grandmasters right we yes, get that that's it. we get that early on and um I think they. I think he's currently not on the council, or he may be on the council, but he's not um, sitting regularly or whatever because he's doing this thing where he's taking the students abroad. And he kind of said, and this was in I think Light of the Jedi or maybe one of the early Marvel issues or something, where he said, uh, "This is not what the Force wants me to do right now. I'm supposed to be doing this thing with the students." And so. I think he can basically be whatever he wants, whenever he wants, because he's still held in that high level of respect. He's a grandmaster. He's one of the most, you know, trained or whatever. But he's doing what he feels like he's called to do, which is training these students right now. Yep. Um, and I guess that's that's where a lot of the focus should be. This issue is because we get a lot of Yoda action. He interacts with Crix on the Nile ship. Crix kind of tricks him. Um, you know, or, or, or sells them out a little bit to Marky and Roe. Um, and um, Yoda hangs out with Cham Cham, who eats some Nile, which I think was really fun. I like that, that we have that little cute character. Um, but to your point, I was one of those people who was feeling like, yeah, like, ah, do I really want to see Yoda? Like, he's just a little too familiar. I want something completely new. I'm wondering how we're going to continue to use Yoda. Is, is it just... Early on, we had to give some, everyone something familiar, like, hey, you guys remember Yoda? He's here. He's going to fade away eventually, though. Or is Yoda going to be one of the main characters of the High Republic? I'm fine with it either way. I just, I'm gonna be, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think, I think if you're going to keep you know, Yoda, you need to keep him with him being something different than he's been before, like we're seeing right now. Yeah. Like, please don't just make him sit on the council have him go out exploring, have him, you know, we want to understand a little bit about why Yoda is as knowledgeable as he is. And the best way to do that is to see him in, in, in some sort of action or exploring or whatever. And so that's great. And, and we have, and we have so many other characters that we can spend more time on too. Let's not have him overpower. And I don't think he is right now, you know? Right. But one thing I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really want this to happen is I don't want like the final climax of the higher public to be like Yoda versus Marky and Roe. Like, I don't know that that just wouldn't, I don't want that to happen. I agree with that. I, I don't want that either. Now, if it were something like Avar Chris or, uh, or, you know, even one of our new Padawans, you know, after a little while, after they've been through more, you know, our brand new Jedi Knights, because we have so many yes. characters that have just become Jedi Knights. Yes. That, that would be great. You know, I love every single one, you know, Lula Talasola is a great character. Yeah, you know, I, I love her. I would love more of her. You know, maybe we'll see Zeev get training and become, uh, you know, a, a great Jedi. And, and 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 not to back away from this too much, but to go back to something you already said, what's making this so great is this sort of like they kind of line up our expectations and then they twist it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like Cham Cham, very small thing, right? Yoda says, I need to borrow your pet crew. And he takes Cham Cham with him. And Cham Cham is so cute and cuddly and even has little sad faces and little puppy dog eyes and that kind of stuff. And then Cham Cham eats people. Like, <laughs> like goes into ferocious mode and eats people. And it kind of reminded me of something from like the Gremlins or whatever. And, and you're like, okay, Cham Cham is awesome. And I need a pet like Cham Cham that can, I, I can cuddle and will also like devour my enemies. Let's do this, you know? And uh, so 
let's keep having that moment, right? Where yes. we're, our expectations are lined up. You talked about seeing Yoda face Marky and Ro. There's literally a panel where Yoda is standing facing Marky and Ro. They see each other. And uh, Marky and Ro is th- says, is that? And someone else says, uh, sir. And he says, no. And then they just turn and leave. Yeah. <laughs> and so, again, you're, you're, we're lined up. We're like, oh, Marky and Ro's about to fight Yoda. And then Marky and Ro's like, no. He just turns around and walks off. <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> okay. That's not what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just talk about a little bit more characters. So Zine Rala, who we saw like kind of discover that she was Force-sensitive, um, in the first issue of Higher Public Adventures, plays a big part here. She's fighting side by side with the Jedi. Seems like her and um, Lula are establishing a relationship. Um, I just get this feeling she's going to be a pretty major character. Like this is now we're seeing someone who's not a Jedi kind of like discover her her Force powers, and by the end of this issue, she joins the Jedi on Starlight Beacon. It's like. This is a character I'm really interested to follow because our most of our other characters so far in High Republic are Jedi's of, of varying levels of experience. But here's someone who has no Jedi training at all, but is force sensitive. And what to see what's going to happen with her, I'm really excited about the, the potential here. Absolutely. And to have a character who has been trained from her childhood that the force is evil, right? Yeah. And, to, and, and so she's been literally, she's, she's known she was force sensitive, but she's been hiding it. And to be, because we have a little bit of that in, in the first issue where she's like, she, she, there's kind of some dialogue where it seems like she's known, but she's been hiding it because it's not accepted there. And sort of like, am I bad because I am force sensitive, right? Is there something wrong with me because I can feel the force and I can do things? And then to, in a moment of danger, uh, to her herself and her her, her friend, uh, become her true self and use the force. So now, if she goes with them to be trained, how does that like years and years and years of being told that people who use the force are bad? How does that influence her learning? How does that impact her as she's coming in? You know, it, is she always feeling torn that as she learns a new force thing, she's becoming more of a bad person? Or is she realizing that her teachings on her home planet were wrong? You know, there's definitely going to be this this sense of being torn all the way uh, through her whatever happens to her. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, thinking about her and thinking about the fact that we have a show called The Acolyte coming out, just making some sort of correlation there that, I don't know, maybe something could, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something could happen. It could be. And, and if, if she doesn't learn to accept herself as someone that uses the force, I think that we're stuck with that old quote, right? If she fears herself, fear leads to suffering, right? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, that could be the path that takes her down the dark side if she's always questioning and fearing who she is and what she can do. That's a good point. And, uh, She's also joining to, to parallel the, the Anakin that we're alluding to. She's joining the Jedi at a very late age. She seems like she's at least early, early teens, right? Yeah, I would say I would say she's, you know, probably 14, 15, maybe eight, eighth grade, ninth grade. Yeah, right around the, the same age as, as a lot of our other kind of Padawans who are just now becoming Jedi Knights that we're learning about in the higher public. So uh, an, an interesting character that's not really fleshed out that much, but I think, to you know, we, we kind of went into depth about what we think is going to happen. And I would love to see if that comes to fruition or whatever's going to happen. You know, like you said before, the higher public's just throwing curveballs at us, you know, from the very beginning of Light of the Jedi, they introduce you to this, this, this starship captain, like, okay. Here's a new character that I'm going to latch. Oh, no, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> oh, here's another character. Oh, no, they're dead now, too. So it's really, it, to your point, it's really cool that the High Republic is, is just throwing uh, curveballs everywhere. So here's another interesting sort of curveball that they throw us, is they have this moment in the, in the comic where they have a galactic data file, and it shows us ships of the High Republic era. Yeah. And first of all, it's interesting that they actually call it ships of the High Republic era. And this is in the middle of the comic, so it's not like it's it's, it's like why it's just random that it's thrown right. in there. Right. But it shows us the Nile Spider Cruiser and the Starhopper. So the Starhopper 
is the ship that Yoda and the and, and the Jedi Academy are on, right? Yeah. But the, the Nile Spider Cruiser, that was <laughs> nasty looking, gnarly looking ship, man. Give me a Lego of that, please. That would be awesome. I will take it. I will play with it. Give me an action figure sized one. I'll play with it with my Jackson Black series. Let's go. I'm I, I hate spiders so much. <laughs> I'll take the Starhopper though. The Starhopper okay, looks cool. awesome to me. Yeah, that would make a sweet Lego too. The Starhopper, just looking at it, I'm looking at that panel right now. It feels it's got that like original trilogy feel to it, doesn't it? I think it does. I agree. It's 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 just reminding me of the um oh what's what's it called? The Disney World. The uh what's the ride called? Now it's slipping my head. Is it Galaxy Tours or No, no, not Galaxy. Oh, Star Tours. It looks like the Star Tours ship. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Have you ever been on Star Tours? I haven't so the last time I was at I've only been at Disney twice in my life. Once when I was six mm-hmm. at Disneyland in California, and once when I was a junior in high school at Disney World in Florida. And I did not go on Star Tours if that's there when I was a yes. junior. It's at both of them. So I might have been on it when I was six, but I don't remember it. I do remember Captain EO. I never got to go on Captain EO, and I really wish I did because that seems so cool. Yes. I remember it's like, that. It's like the lost Star Wars kind of story with Michael Jackson, but. Maybe we'll do a Captain. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan at that time, so that's why I remember it so well. Maybe we'll do a Captain EO episode. And, uh, you know, I'm going to Disneyland next year for Star Wars Celebration. Would you, I mean, you should come. I would love to if I had the money. I probably would (laughs) have the money. And next summer is my 20th anniversary, so I got to do something really great for that if I can. Go to Disneyland (laughs) for Star Wars Celebration. If I could convince my wife that we needed to go to Disneyland. That would be amazing. But uh, I'm not sure she's going to be on board with that. We'll see. Another character that I'm interested to see kind of how it plays out is Crix. Um, So that's uh, Zine's friend who was really upset that she has force powers and is is really conflicted over that because he still seems to be like, yeah, but she's still my friend. Um, And he kind of gets wrapped up with with Marquis Rowe and is on the, uh, the Nile ship and... We've heard that the Nile kind of recruit throughout the galaxy and people just join from different walks of life. So is this a character we're going to see grow within the Nile? Is he going to be someone who's, again, just like seeing having that conflict, but on the other the other, the other side of the spectrum there? It, uh, another fascinating character. I'd love to see him, if it plays out in my mind, like he, he becomes one of the, the higher ups in the Nile over time or something, you know? Yeah, I definitely think that he's going to be a character we see more. I definitely think he's one that's going to be used by the Nile. And and, and it, it makes me really sad because he's so consumed with the fact that his friend lied to him that he's not asking, why did she lie? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's, that's tough. You know, you, if you've got someone who's very being goes against your whole community culture, why why would they make that public right like we don't like force users they're bad if i'm a force user i'm not going to be like hi guys i'm a force user <laughs> right get something i'm going to keep to myself and so it's it's tough you know it's and it's sad to me to see these friends separated um the, the other thing i wanted to comment on was this is the first time in visual form, we get a real good look at just Nile soldiers and the Nile foot soldiers. And it's such a welcome change from like, you know, typical stormtroopers, battle droids, clone troopers, who all kind of look the same. I love the individuality of the Nile. And I love like how each each soldier for the most part looks different. I think that's pretty cool. And it makes it more exciting than just, you know, talking about like playing Fallen Order or something like that. How boring is it sometimes we're just killing stormtrooper after stormtrooper after stormtrooper? Give me something. Like, denial are really cool. I agree and disagree. Okay. I love stormtroopers in, Force Way- er, in Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. because when you see stormtroopers, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm about to kill a bunch <laughs> of people. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, but I do I do like the individuality of, of the, the Nile, and that's, <laughs> that's very cool. 
with stormtroopers, we have like hundreds and hundreds of types of stormtroopers, but they're usually, you know, sent out in like <laughs> divisions of the same. You know what I mean? Yes. So like, we're not going to have like a snow trooper and a sand trooper and, you know, a, a, a death trooper all there, you know, with a, with regular stormtroopers, you know. Um, that is one of my favorite things about stormtroopers, though, is uh, that as more Star Wars just media comes out and there's more environments like, oh, yeah, we got a stormtrooper for that. You guys have never seen him before, but we got one for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and I always thought that was fun. That's one of the greatest things that's come out of like Rogue One and, and Solo. It's like, yeah, we got we got swamp stormtroopers. You guys have just never seen them before, but we have plenty of them. And and uh, from a, a marketing standpoint and a profit yes. standpoint for Disney, yes. they're like, uh, wait, you're going to make another movie? Could you create a, another type of trooper? Because we we could make Funko Pops and Black Series and and, uh, uh, and everything, hot toys and yeah, let's 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 go ahead and do that. That would be great. My favorite were the uh, in Rise of Skywalker, the Sith troopers, who like are just red for like no reason. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember being like Sith troopers. That's awesome. Are they going to be stormtroopers trained in the Sith? No, <laughs> no, no. They're just like regular stormtroopers. Yeah, they don't really even play that big of a part. I don't know if you like how often they're on screen in that movie, but they're cool. Yeah, I need a blue armored stormtrooper. Blue is my favorite color. We need some sort of reason for stormtroopers to be in blue. Uh, we'll get it. I'm sure we'll get it. Right. I, orange, orange is my favorite color, so I'll take an orange stormtrooper. So a blue and orange stormtroopers would be cool. Please, Lucasfilm, if you're listening to our show, as I know you do, um, that would be awesome. Well, listen, the orange stormtroopers need to be on the planet uh, where Darth Vader set up his palace. Uh, what's the name Mustafar. of the planet? Mustafar. Yeah, that's right, right. And then I think that the blue stormtroopers are for Cloud City. Like, let's just have them on, like, air speeders or something yeah. in Cloud City. Let's cloud troopers. They'd be called the cloud troopers. Yeah. For sure, yeah. that's what they'd be called. <laughs> All right, we did your job for you. Uh, we don't want just a small percentage, 2%. 2%. I was thinking the orange stormtroopers could be um, in the land where it's always Halloween, where Jack Skeleton lives. <laughs> well, now you're getting into crossover territory, so sure, why not? I'm not even a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan. I don't really like Halloween in general, but I like orange, and I think that'd be cool. They're like pumpkin troopers. Yeah, those are when... Uh, when there's an attack in the pumpkin patch on Mimban, we get the uh, we get the pumpkin troopers. Sounds good. I there there has been some 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 serious talk, and this is one of those things that I hope never happens uh, personally. And I love both of these things of there being a Marvel Star Wars crossover, like Marvel Comics, Marvel Cinematic Universe Star Wars crossover. Yeah, I'm like, unless it's something where like the Scarlet Witch is creating an alternate universe and, and she happened to drag that in. Uh, I, I really hope it never happens. Yeah, I, wa I, wa uh, I want that 0% of the time. I do not ever want that to happen. I typically don't like crossovers. I like things that just exist in their own universe and just stay stay there. I, I'm, I'm mostly with you, although I will say I was a fan of the Amalgam comics in the 90s where they took DC characters and Marvel characters and squished them together. Like Batman... Yeah. Wolverine became Dark Claw. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And it, was that also the same series where Stan Lee wrote for DC? Like he wrote a Batman comic? No, that's something different. But okay. this was like they literally took one Marvel character and one DC character and merged them into one character. So they took Batman and Wolverine and they merged them together. And it had like the black costume like Batman, but with Wolverine's like kind of like cowl looking thing. I'm into and, it. Yeah, that's cool. And shiny claws, and uh, you know had Bruce Wayne's story, and they took like Storm and Wonder Woman, and they called her Amazon, and Captain America and Superman became Super Soldier, and yeah. Do you watch? Uh, do you watch the Arrowverse shows, Flash, Arrow, that type of stuff? Yes, m many of them. Okay, I like the crossovers on there because they're. I mean, it's all within the same universe, but then they bring in stuff to like, hey. Supergirl wasn't originally supposed to be here, but now she is. And Constantine was not originally part of this, but now he is. That's pretty cool because it makes sense to me. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. And spoiler alert for season five or four of The Flash. And um, I'm just going to, and maybe Justice League, I don't know. 
Ezra Miller was in the Flash show, and that was really cool. Yes, that was a cool crossover. That was really unexpected and really cool. I I agree, and I'm and yes, and and we should probably get back to Star Wars, but just gonna say <laughs> real quick, we didn't talk about what was going this at the beginning of what was going on, but uh, Snyder Cut is um, amazing, and also Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> has been really good so far. I haven't watched any of that. That's on our docket for tonight, but I agree on the Snyder Cut, and I guess that. We could bring that back to Star Wars because there's a long-rumored J.J. cut of Rise of Skywalker. And uh, I don't I don't really want to see that. I like Rise of Skywalker a lot. I don't. The Snyder Cut has a certain appeal, but I don't want now every like movie to be like... But then there's also this massive director's cut. I, I like the movies that are released as they are released, you know? Yeah, and I think the Snyder Cut is a really different thing because the reason that happened... You know, he had to leave filming... Justice League because his daughter committed suicide, and uh, and so his uh, if I'm and I'm, I'm I know his kid created committed suicide. I'm pretty sure it was his daughter. Autumn. Yes, you're you're right. And uh, and so Joss Whedon took over and took it in a totally different direction. And so they've already asked like there was people asking for a uh, David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, like letting him do what he wanted. And Warner Brothers has already been like no, right. So. And I agree. I agree. Like this was a, a specific circumstance, but now we can't get into like the different cuts. Like there's apparently a four hour cut of Revenge of the Sith. I, I do want to see that though. Like that would be cool. But you know what people, someone's did, did online and I, I, I want to sit down and do it. They took the last arc of Clone Wars, that, that Ahsoka arc, um, the Siege of Mandalore arc and intercut it with Revenge of the Sith. So it, it's it's going on during Revenge of the Sith. So since a lot of that runs concurrently, I want to see that because that sounds awesome. That would be cool. That would be awesome. But back to uh, our our comic here. Um, so we end up all of our Jedi characters are on their way to Starlight Beacon, um, and this seems like it's just going to be a, a brand new experience for Zine, and, and she's not facing the the reader. But I'm looking at the last panel here, and you can tell that there's there's awe on her face as she sees Starlight Beacon for the first time. And uh, I think it's Lula. Lula yeah, Lula says, you're about to go to the best place in the whole galaxy. Um, excited. I'm excited to see where this book goes. I'll be honest with you. When we started High Republic in general, if you're going to ask me what, what the series I thought I'd be least excited for, I would probably say High Republic Adventures because I just had this stigma that nothing was going to happen in it. And now I'm like, I need more. I need to know what happens with these characters because this is a great book. Well, and let me let me say two, uh, maybe two or three other really short things. Number one, Crix, you know, there's this scene. He's decided that he's kind of <laughs> jumped in with the Nile here. Uh, we don't know what that means exactly yet. But then the Nile decides to attack a, a medical frigate. Yep. And, uh, and he is not for that. But he also realizes that he cannot say anything. And that's... So we see this moment where his conscience is at play, but he's also kind of stuck with these people. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from that. Also, when uh, Yoda is on the the Nile ship and Cham Cham eats the uh, the Nile soldiers, which later we learn that he only ate some fingers, maybe an arm. <laughs> but um, I, my favorite moment there is that Yoda kind of puts his hand on the top of his head and says, oh, Cham Cham. It's like a moment <laughs> from like Full House or something. It yeah. feels like an 80s sitcom. That's our Cham Cham. <laughs> and then the last thing is, yeah, seeing uh, Zine uh, crying on the on the ship because she, uh, sort of losing her friend who she wanted to save uh, is a very emotional moment. And having Lula say, you know, it's going to get better. We're with you. And we're going to go to the, the best place ever to go from here, which is Starlight Beacon. And I think Starlight Beacon is the best place, just like this podcast is the best place yes. to talk about Star Wars. And we'll be talking about Marvel Issue 3, because that's the best part about High Republic. Just keeps coming. Never ends. So we'll be talking about Marvel Issue 3 on our next episode. I think that'll be out in time. Yeah, because it's the end of March. That comes out next week. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see where that's going because we got a lot of, you know, interesting dynamic on that right now with the uh, Dream Gear. So, yeah, and maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe the uh, Marvel series focuses on the Dream Gear a little bit more, and maybe the High Republic Adventures focuses on the Nile. That would be kind of cool. It's a good way to separate the two. 
Yeah. What would be here? We talked about not liking crossovers, but I will say this. I would love to see at some point the characters sort of crossover. I, I, you know, I mean, I know that they will in the novels and the, in the young adult novels and stuff like that. I don't know that they will in the comics just because, you know, two different comic companies and wanting property and stuff like that. Um, but I, it would be interesting to see if maybe later we see an IDW character show up in Marvel or a Marvel character show up in IDW. Oh, I think that's going to happen for sure. And that, that type of crossover is fine. It's when like, oh, there's Iron Man standing next to Darth Vader. That's the crossover I don't want. Right. <laughs> Although it would be so cool to see Iron Man have Darth Vader armor. Ooh, I'm, sh I, I'm sure a quick Google search can find that. Somebody has made that. Right. <laughs> All right. What else? What do we got to talk about? Um, if you like our show, like, subscribe, and comment. Give us a review. Five stars would be preferable on your podcast app of choice. Follow us on the Instagrams. Brian's going to show off more of his Star Wars stuff. I'll probably get around to doing that as well. Um, check us out on Facebook. Do we have a Twitter? I don't even know. Uh, I think we decided not to have a Twitter. so We don't, we don't have, have a Twitter. I probably should know that. We don't have a Twitter. So Instagram and Facebook's where you can find us. And uh, we release this show bi-weekly. Every uh, every other Tuesday, um, and we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We have the the summer is going to be really heavy with some novels, um, but until then, we have comics and some other fun topics that Brian and I have discussed to uh, go over to fill the time until we get some of those big novels coming out this summer. Absolutely, and and I know we're about to talk about where you can find us individually. I want to take a second. And I want to brag on Gary here. So one of the good things about doing a podcast with a friend is that I get to brag on him, and he has to sit there and take it. And yeah. feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you have not yet uh, taken the opportunity to check out Gary's other podcast called the Monster Rally Podcast, um, in that podcast, they talk about sort of the universal classic monster movies. And to be honest, I, you know, when I think of the universal classic monster movies, I think of Dracula with Bela Lugosi and Frankenstein with Boris Karloff and the, you know, just the main, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon. I think of the Monster Squad movies because that's how I was kind of introduced to those characters is because I watched Monster Squad. But there are a lot more movies than I even knew existed. There's a lot of literature tied up in those things. Some of those movies are really, really phenomenal, and some of them are not so great. And uh, it is a really cool podcast to listen to. I was listening to his episode about uh, an American werewolf in Paris, I think. Was that Werewolf, werewolf of London? Werewolf in London. Sorry. There is a, a movie called American pa Werewolf in Paris. This is not the same thing. Not yes. the same thing. But uh, it was really interesting to uh, hear them talk about, you know, characters that you really don't get names for until <laughs> unless you look them up on Wikipedia and um, how certain things are really, really bad in those movies. And then other things are really fun. Um, so you should check out his podcast on monsters. Uh, if you've ever thought about watching those old movies, it'd be so much fun to go through and watch them and then listen to his podcast. Um, so I highly recommend that. I'm also going to that, Brian. That was unsolicited, but I appreciate that. That was kind words. It was unsolicited, but I'm, I'm, I, I, it ha, ha, had to do it. And uh, so I'm also going to uh, brag on his band, Backyard, uh, Backyard Superheroes. Um, I've just really, really been enjoying uh, listening to his band uh, and, and, and checking out their music. And they have a great new... Uh, uh, retail shop. They've got a great new place with for merch, with uh, shirts and hats and stuff like that. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to order myself some stuff sometime soon. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, the sort of slime monster on your on your clothes there. So uh, check out Backyard Superheroes and check out their merch. Wow, Brian, you just made my day. That's so sweet of you. Well, I try to do good every once in a while, so it'll make up for all the bad I plan on doing later. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I guess that's all we have today. Actually, I congratulate you. You just hit, uh, was it 100, uh, 100 episodes or 100 subscribers on Ruby Librarian? 300 book talks. 300 book talks. Holy cow. Yeah, so the, the Rudy Librarian is my uh, sort of my, my main thing that I do. I mean, my main thing that I do is exist as a father, parent, and teacher. But in addition to that, I have this thing, the Rudy Librarian, where I talk about Scott and I talk about books a lot. Scott Pumpkin Books, that's kind of my focus. Um, sounded like I said Scott Pumpkin Books. Scott Pumpkin Books. Scott and Punk and Books. And uh, yeah, so I started doing book talks uh, back in March last year. 
and uh, we've hit 300 book talks. So 300 books that I've talked about uh, in the last just just barely over a year. So congratulations. And like I said, I'm a big fan. I watch those at work every morning. Um, but I have one final thought. If we're ready to wrap up, you got anything else? I've got nothing. Lucasfilm, we gave you some great ideas for the Cloud Trooper, for the Pumpkin Trooper. But now what Brian just said reminded me, we need a Ska Trooper in like two-tone Stormtrooper outfit. Man, that would be terrible, but I'm all for it. You have at least two guys who would probably buy that Funko Pop and buy that uh, Black Series figure in us. So, um, will, it, event- will it be black and white checkered or will it be like the uh, the time bomb outfit in, in armor. The, uh, what is it? Help me with the lyrics. I'm gonna black lose a shoot, white coat, coat, black hat, Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> so does, does it have like a black helmet and black feet and then like white stormtrooper outfit? Look, we're, we're, we're just the idea, man. We're not the, we're not the designers. We're just putting the idea out there in the world. Right, if you go with that one though, I think you owe uh, Tim Armstrong some money. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Starlight Beacon. I know we went off the rails today, but it was a great time. Uh, check out The High Republic Adventures. It's an awesome read if you're not reading it. Until next time, we are all the Republic.